Coming to you entirely pre-recorded here from the Garage of Solitude in New York, New York. I'm Mario Francisco Robles. I'm Brett Miro, and clip on your utility belt and get ready to stretch those hamstrings because it's episode 161 of the Fanboy Podcast. There it is. Uh, stretch your hamstrings. That's an interesting one. Oh, no, no. I, all right. All right. Well, uh, that one wasn't planned yeah, out. I had the wing that it one. It wasn't planned out, but honestly, I did stretch. I know it's important to have a good stretch yeah. for a podcast. So thank you. Thank Especially you. after clipping on your utility belt. Yes. I mean, honestly. So, Brett, uh, what have you been watching or playing this week? Well, Mario, I'm so glad you asked. Um, so, uh, not really related in like the normal things we talk about. Um, I have been watching and just recently finished the first season of this new HBO show called The Rehearsal. Uh, it's with hmm. the comedian Nathan Fielder, who's like this like kind of awkward, maybe autism spectrum kind of guy. And he, uh, he's just like interesting and like sometimes a little unsettling, but just like, you know, a harmless, small little little man and he just kind of does uh i don't know if like you want to call it like cringe humor but that's like being reductive and this show the rehearsal was like kind of amazing it was like this i'll get like the setup but then it evolves into so much more so the whole premise is he finds people that have like something they want to do or take care of and what they mm -hmm. he does is he sets up the scenario where they can rehearse the situation before they actually engage in it. Oh, and the lengths okay. that they actually go, I mean, like this first guy, like they literally like, he kind of like went in there to meet the guy and then using that, like had hidden cameras. So they got like a full view of his apartment and then literally built like a faithful, complete identical one-to-one -one reconstruction of his apartment. And then like oh, even the host, Nathan Fielder himself, was rehearsing his meeting with the guy that was the subject of the episode of the show. But then I, I don't want to spoil it. Cause like it turned into something so crazy and meta contextual and like <laughs> self-reflective and with so many layers. And it was like fascinating, like this fascinating social experiment that just yeah. evolved in real time. Like you, like you could, you, you couldn't even have planned this because like, this show couldn't have been made until everything was shot and done until everything had actually taken place and occurred. Like he couldn't have planned for any of this stuff. And then I think from all that footage and what they did, he had to make some kind of through line and show out of it. And it's just, I don't know. That's like the best way I can explain it. I'm being very vague, yeah. but like, it's just weird and funky, but like, it is one of those like just very nuanced and kind of just like head scratching things. So like you have to kind of be into that and just sit down for it. Cause it tastes like these weird twists and turns and there's like a lot of like dark, just like little humor and like the situations themselves are like uncomfortable and funny. And the people that he also picked are awkward and he's awkward too. So it's just like yeah. very, like you go on a cringe, but you can't turn away. It's like one of those things. And yeah. it's, um, you know, nothing like gross or gory or anything like that. It's just like, interesting from a social perspective so that's very crazy and then uh yeah. what i've been playing i've uh, still been continuing with uh i mentioned last week i started playing far cry 6 they kind of like they did like a free weekend like play far cry 6 for free so like i did and i played a little bit of it and then all of a sudden like the free weekend was over and i was like oh damn i kind of want to like play more of that just because like it's not even like that great of a game they haven't evolved the series much but i'm a sucker for just like give me a base where i can stealthily take down soldiers and just i love doing that shit so that's like my favorite thing ever you do that in a game i'll probably buy the game so they got me i played i did the little tease 
and then they had it on sale for like 23 bucks so i was like all right <laughs> i pulled the trigger yeah. i got it and i've been like pecking away at that and it takes place in like fictional cuba and giancarlo esposito is the villain in it and like what? does like it's him oh, yeah, i remember now character. you mentioned it yeah yeah so it's fine i, I, I kind of got into the series late but i got in mm -hmm. with like uh the fifth one in the series and then there was like a spinoff and now this one that's like all i've really played so far so you know i know some people are kind of over it it is a very ubisoft buy numbers check the box kind of game but sometimes i like yeah. that as comfort food i'm like just clear the icons off the map do the things you know and like check check yeah. check and there's like something comforting in that you know uh mm -hmm. So that's yeah that's what mainly what i've been up to uh what about you we haven't uh really talked to your senior in like forever man yeah well <laughs> let's see Just, to be clear i spent all of last week in the woods uh i spent six days uh you know camping the side of a lake we do tent camping every summer this is our seventh year doing it up there nice. there's no cell service there's no nothing there's no technology where i'm just con disconnected from the world so uh it was much needed but uh yeah so naturally i didn't see anything last week and then this week uh i just again I, i've been playing catch up with uh, all kinds of other responsibilities that i've let slip away because i well you were there this past monday i held a celebration of life for my uh, dearly departed grandmother my tata as i call her and uh you know putting that together as well as handling the stuff with uh cemetery funeral services a lot everything has fallen on me so this whole summer has been about the unexpected loss of this titan in my life and then trying to give her the proper send-off and thankfully that came to fruition on monday and thank you for coming to that brother yeah it was beautiful and you did a great um, job thank you uh but really so you know a lot, all of my focus has been on that and the last few days have now been like all right what what else do i need to be paying attention to and it has not been video games or televisions right i'm woefully behind on stuff i you know she hulk has premiered since we last spoke and i know you've been checking it out mm -hmm. um do you think I should bother diving in and joining you on those conversations for next week and move forward? Yeah. So, so far, I mean, the episodes are pretty, they're on the shorter side. I think they might be only like a half hour. So they're uh, more digestible in that sense. Um, two episodes in it's, I, I don't not like it. It's not like, Oh my God, amazing. But it, it yeah. has like its own little thing kind of going for, there's kind of like a fourth wall thing going on, which is kind of fun. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's, it's so far, it just kind of seems like the very light snarky Marvel fair. Um, yeah. but, uh, it's, it's interesting. And, um, you know, now that they've like, this is what they do. Like they know like, okay, maybe I don't want to say like, maybe the show's not that good or something like that or or just maybe that like people won't be into it but then we got that leak right that that charlie cox shows up in the series yeah. as as a uh, daredevil so it's like of course i'm gonna watch he's got the he's got a new suit that's for the mcu and stuff like i'm gonna watch it have like they, just for that. have they shown it yet i want to see the no MCU suit. Uh, there's there's Ooh. like a little screenshot uh you can find there's like a screen grab um oh, or like an official photo they released and he's kind of yeah. like He's kind of like hunched over, but um, it's got like a gold and red thing going on, like that old school look he had in the comics, mm. the yellow and red. So they yeah. added, it looks like kind of like the suit from Netflix a little bit with some modifications, but there's some yeah. yellow, like this like dark yellow goldy kind of color mixed in. But again, it's I not a clear shot, you know? Yeah. So, but like, okay. you know, that was the thing, Miss Marvel, I wasn't really going to watch, but then I heard they uttered the M word, you know, mutant. So I was like, well, now I have to watch the series. But surprisingly, Miss <laughs> Marvel was actually very, very good. 
Um, nice. And I definitely two episodes into Miss Marvel, I was a little higher on it than I am on She Hulk so far. So just to okay. put that in perspective. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. it seems fun. Um, and uh, so far, and and the second episode was a little stronger than the first. The first was kind of like origin stuff, and you got a lot of Mark Ruffalo and Bruce Banner and and Hulk and mm -hmm. stuff. But uh, the second one seems to really be setting more set up for like okay what the show is going to be so uh yeah. yeah we'll see i think it has i think it has the potential i'm still going to keep up with it i haven't been like turned off or anything so okay yeah yeah there's a lot of interesting television that's either just premiering or on the horizon right there's also the yeah. house of the dragon which like you know the game sure. thrones spinoff basically like crashed hbo max and was like their biggest yeah. premiere and like ever so and then there's the lord of the rings coming to amazon next yeah, week that so. i plan to really check out and get into i've been seeing some good yeah. early buzz on like the first couple episodes press the scene uh, i've heard mm -hmm. it's kind of a slow burn but it it, it, it it already you could tell it's like building into something and there's like yeah. already like like a, like a rising action so that's exciting but nice. uh it looks it yeah, might be yeah. one of those slow burn series you sit with and then it's going to really explode at the end of the season so that's yeah. exciting. and on my end also you know better call saul has just returned from hiatus in the last couple of weeks so i have a lot of tv to catch up on and we're gonna Wait, it's done now you haven't finished it right the finale is out i think right Wait, yeah. it's done, done? i think it's done the, oh. I'm, not, I'm not mistaken the finale uh aired like a week or two I'm, ago oh no Okay, I really need to catch up then. Yeah, I think I think you got to get on it. Watch out for spoilers, you know, obviously because I think yeah, there I saw some yeah. floating on the internet, you know, so. Okay. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> since I haven't had any other gaming or watching stuff to share, let's get right into some uh interesting just um housekeeping if I wanted to, all right? Because we yeah. got a review and I got to thank RB80 for their wonderful review that they gave us. So over on Apple Podcasts, RB, user RB, RB80 uh, said, I love this show so much. Brett and Mario always deliver credible information that is insightful and engaging. Great job, guys. And it says the show is the best. That's the name of the review. So That's very sweet. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, RB80. And, um, you know, we're going to be introducing some new stuff to the format here coming up in the weeks and months ahead. Just, uh, just to kind of give you a heads up, you know, summers for me are always very hectic. And every time around this year, I tend to have to kind of back away from the show. But now we're entering September where I'm going to have a lot more time to focus on making this as amazing as possible. And me and Brett have been talking about this in recent weeks. We want to start bringing in some kind of like themed episodes, something like yeah. an Ask the Fanboys episode where it's all just your questions. And it's us going down because you've uh, you've emailed us some great stuff. There's things that always come up on Twitter you want us to tackle. And sometimes with the amount of topics we have to cover in a week, we can't get to all those wonderful questions. So we're thinking once a month there's going to be a special Ask the Fanboys episode of the show that you guys can now kind of get into the rhythm of sending us questions themed around that monthly special episode. Okay. We're also... I, you know, I've always been into the idea of having episodes that go long form on a single topic. Things like, per se, like a whole episode on the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy, where we break down what those movies meant to pop culture, what they did for the character, 
how they've aged, you know, for example, you, you, in other words, just like one long topic on that or something on Marvel's phase one or something, you know, like things that just focus on certain points in pop culture history dealing sure. with the, you know, the genres that we love so much. And we'll even start making polls that you, the listeners and, and, and viewers can vote on. You could pick which topic you want us to cover long form each month too. So, yeah, we're thinking of some neat ways to kind of spice up the show and give you things to look forward to because, look, I love covering the current events, but I also like sometimes being able to delve deeper into other stuff. And sometimes current events aren't that exciting. But, you yeah, know, that's not a slow week here and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this week is not. I repeat, no. <laughs> not a slow news week. So why don't we get on into some of the serious stuff. We're going to start things off with the Superman on film update for August 26, 2022. So, uh, I mean, there's a few different ways I can start here. The one specific thing I just want to address real quick is, you know how we heard a couple of weeks ago about a headless Superman cameo, perhaps in Black Adam? Right. I've heard some additional details on this rumor where in the supposed scene where he shows up and you don't see his face and it's in a Black Adam post-credit sequence, the musical notes that are used to kind of like hammer it home are the John Williams Superman theme. And this is something I wanted to get into later about where Black Adam sits in like the, you know, is it connected to the DCEU? Is it connected to this rejiggered DC that's coming up after the Flash? You know, we're going to talk a little more about that, but it's interesting to note that, you know, we've had this thing about will Henry Cavill Superman show up in Black Adam forever. And for the longest time, it's been like, maybe it's a foregone conclusion. Oh, it's, it's a no-brainer. Him and Henry Cavill, they, they, they both have the same manager. They both are, you know, the, Cavill's kind of part of that whole Seven Bucks Productions click there. And Dwayne Johnson's been posting pictures with him and, and fan art about his Black Adam fighting that Superman. And yet, at Comic-Con, when he was asked about it, he was very noncommittal. He would yeah. not say it would be Henry. He was very much about, well, well, it all comes down to who's playing him. And, you know, if it's true that they're going with a another headless Superman, and yet it's the music from, like, classic Superman, right. it kind of, it's another indication of, like, Dwayne Johnson and Black Adam, not, you know, like that whole thing, not really wanting to be connected to the DCEU. So I just right. wanted to touch on that because it is an interesting thing and kind of like if that's true, it's a very strong indication of where that film sits and kind of what Superman we are going to be looking forward to here. I don't think it's going to be Henry. You know, it's starting to seem less right. and less like it's going to be Henry, you know, because if Dwayne Johnson, who is a, a producer on this film, okayed using another Superman's theme as opposed to Henry's. I kind of, you know, the the writing on the wall is right there, you know. Yeah, so, and we should um, also say that, um, you know, there I've also seen a ton of rumors and little like articles written that people are saying Henry uh, Cavill did come back did shoot and shoot yeah. an alternate scene. But just, you know, I did a little quick digging into a couple of these like kind of articles that I've seen posted. 
none of them are from really like credible, reliable sources. And um, like one, I just, for example, not to like call out any publications, but there was a, a post from Heroic Hollywood claiming that Henry Cavill came into alternate scenes and they listed that their sources were this site called Geekosity. So I went to Geekosity. Yeah. I found the article. I, cl- I read through the whole article. Um, and it, it's, it's, there's not really any concrete sources or like insiders. It, it literally, a, a, par- a paragraph says insiders say blah, blah, blah. And sources say, but they're not even listed. And then also kind of reading it. I mean, listen, I understand a lot of people like the Snyder films, but the, the geekosity writer was like, you could tell he was like kind of obsessed with Snyder. Like he was like, you know, there's no way they could have done what Snyder did with his masterpiece. And like, there was a lot of flowery language around Snyder. And I was like, oh, yeah. all right, you know, like the movies there are was fine. An agenda here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was a little bit of like an agenda and it was a little like a little, you know, much. So I'm just saying, put it out with a grain of salt. Like Mario was saying, I don't know that's Cavill. It seems like they're not necessarily committing. And there really is not a rely, like the rap or deadline or Hollywood reporter. Like they did not report on this Henry Cavill coming in. Um, so mm-hmm. just, Keep, keep that in mind, too, as we're going through everything today, really, because there's a lot of crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, so speaking of which, let's get into the biggest thing, because this broke today as we're recording this on Thursday, August 25th. News has come out that Warner Brothers Discovery has found its Kevin Feige for DC. And it's kind of cringe to even put it like that because, you know, the, yeah. Kevin Feige is not the only mega producer, but still that that's the, that's the guy who you know, we compare to this Marvel and right. DC and we're all a bunch of middle schoolers, you know, comparing our favorite you know things against each other. But yes. So Warner brothers discovery has found it's Kevin Feige type for DC, which is something we've been talking about for many, many months here and me for many years now, yeah. this idea of, DC finding that central architect, that person who seems to understand how to come up with like the grand master plan. And uh, well, it looked like Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers has tapped a fella by the name of Dan Lin. Now, Dan Lin is an interesting guy because he actually has a little bit of DC in his history in the what might have been category of DC history. Because Way back in 2008, Dan Lin was going to be the producer on George Miller's Justice League Mortal, that, you know, that ill-fated Justice League film that was going to come out somewhere between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, and yet was not going to involve Christopher Nolan's Batman at all. It was going to have Army Hammer as Batman, and it was going to be its own kind of thing. So... Dan Lin at that time was attached to that, and then that fizzled, and we'll kind of get back to that a little bit later. And he went on to do other stuff. He, you know, he he produced the live, you know, those Sherlock Holmes films with Robert Downey Jr. He was a producer on all four Lego movies, including that awesome Lego Batman movie. Yeah. Uh, and something that's really interesting about the report on the from the Hollywood Reporter, Boris Kitt noted. That one of the big components here that made Dan Lin very appealing to David Zaslav and Warner Brothers Discovery is that not only is he a film producer, but he also has a lot of experience developing television. Because right. remember, that's the thing that they really like about Kevin Feige, too, that The Hollywood Reporter noted, which is that Kevin Feige not only launched the great film franchise that Disney's been running away to the bank with for all these years, but now. 
He's expanded into television and it's do it's dovetailed perfectly into Disney Plus having this great crop of original Marvel content that's you know adds to supplements and works in tandem with the hit film franchise. So when Warner Brothers Discovery was looking for someone, they didn't just want a film producer. And they didn't just want a TV producer because at some point they were looking at Greg Berlanti and stuff. And there were rumors right. of that, you know, but they want someone who has experience in both worlds. And Dan Lin had moderate success uh, with that with that TV adaptation of Lethal Weapon. He also currently has the that remake of Walker that's going into its third season, the Walker, Texas Ranger thing with uh, Jared Padalecki, whatever the hell his name is. And, uh, you know, he's got ties in the TV world and the film world. And that apparently was a very important thing on what has been referred to as an extremely aggressive executive hunt. Because David Zaslav apparently really has been serious about getting that one person. And this means also that Walter Hamada is going to be segueing out. So for the folks who don't like Walter Hamada, like <clears throat> Ray Fisher and others, yeah. you know, they're going to be very happy to hear that Walter Hamada is probably going to be given his walking papers pretty soon. Mind you, Dan Lin has not yet signed, but it was one of those things where it seems like it's imminent. Like they're just kind of working out the details. but. We'll, we'll see if some sort of snag gets hit, but apparently if he gets the job, bye-bye Hamada. Um, hmm. But before I get a little further into Dan Lin here, just Brett, what is, you know, what is your thought upon hearing this? No, I think it's a, I think it's a, a good move. It's obviously what they want. And like you said, he's got the TV and film experience and they, they definitely listen whether you like it or not, like I've, I've said this a thousand times, probably the same way, whether you like it or not, the Marvel thing that they're doing, whether you're sick of it, you feel it's homogenized, blah, 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 blah. It's fucking working and it's making money. And, and like, look, I'm, I am a total victim of the Marvel thing. Cause like I said, some of these shows they're coming out with, I'm not even You've that interested in, in a million years, but yeah. I know that there's some kind of tie and that I'm interested in. And so far, every time I dip in and I find that little connection to a bigger picture, I think it's fucking cool and it sucks me in. So it works. It, it, it absolutely works. And I also think like half the people who talk shit about it, you all fucking watch the shows anyway, too. You're liars and you definitely watch all the stuff and stay in. So anyway. So, yeah, I yeah. think it's a good move. And, you know, even if you think about even like how Kevin Feige does things and how they set up the MCU. I mean, the MCU, the movie side of things is really just like a serialized TV production on a much bigger scale. Yep. So like That's you do need is. a TV guy even for the for the movie production stuff like side of it. Like it, it is. It's just it's just like advanced TV, you know, one on one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So uh so just based on his credentials, you think he's uh he's a pretty good pick. Oh, and I should add something that gave me some confidence is that his reputation around town according to the trades is that he works real hard, but he also is willing to, like, he knows his limits. He'll bring in experts. He'll bring right. in people who understand that world better than he does. And he's developed a reputation for that. Where like, I want to do this thing, but I don't know this stuff too well. Who does? I'll get that person to consult with me, you know? So right. th that that's oh, kind smart. of, you know, 
Yeah, and that's a good reputation to have in this town. And, and currently, if you're going to have like a collaborative thing, right, where there's like a writer's room and there's a team of people coming up with a 10-year plan, right, you need to have someone who can, you know, work with a team of people and not just be like, you know, and throw his dick or his weight around and just be like, it's, it's my yeah. way or the highway and all that. You know, it's truly smart people don't try to do everything themselves. They surround themselves and get the right people in to get the yep. job done. And that's the sign of a smart collaborative person. And I guarantee that type of person is going to get better results than the guy who just says, no, it's my way or the highway. And this is it. And I'm not listening to yep. anybody else. Listen, collaboration is the key. Everything is better together. So that's the, that's, 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 that's the right attitude. And I think I read something too in the article. He might've been at like a, maybe not as high a position at the time, but I think he also was like, maybe like a producer or like a lower producer on the departed. I think I saw in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was. Yeah. So he like, was. he's got yeah. some, also some like that, that, that movie's a banger. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's got some good stuff under his belt. And like we said, Lego, the Lego movies all were successful. They're, they're fun movies. Yeah. Lego Batman movie is awesome. A lot of people like that. They say it's like one of their favorite Batman movies. So, yeah. you know, he obviously can, uh, can juggle some some uh, or getting his hands in some uh, good projects and really some I good agree. stuff. So. I agree. And something else, something that I heard tonight, you know, in after this news came out, people obviously started digging in and trying to find out more about Dan Lin and and his you know his feelings on DC. And as it turns out, he appeared on a podcast recently. Before this news came out, so this was just, you know, this isn't in tandem with this announcement. This was just him talking. He was on, he was on the Ankler podcast and he referred to, you know, he was asked, what's the franchise that, you know, that you, you wish you could have worked on, you know, because he, at this time, you know, he's, he's connected to a lot of different ones, you know, a lot of different IPs he's tied to. And he volunteered that it's DC. Back in 2008, he was going to produce the George Miller thing. And here's the thing I had never quite heard. He said in his own words that he was producing that and he was going to be running the DC franchise as a whole. That was never really, you know, I don't think that was in the headlines anywhere back at the time. Everything was right. the focus on Justice League Mortal and George Miller from the Mad Max movies is doing it. And people were talking about how is this going to relate to the Christopher Nolan thing. But if apparently that was, if Justice League Mortal was meant to be a launch pad for a DC franchise, Dan Lin was going to be the guy calling the shots on it. I didn't know that. That's, you know, to me, that's interesting news. And to hear him refer to it as DC's the one that got away and that he's been kicking himself for the last 14 years. It's like, well, all right, welcome back. Now's your chance. Now's your redemption story. Well, it and means he wants the job. It. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's yeah. good. He, he wants this job and he's not just doing it for the paycheck or the money or for yeah. like the fame, maybe a little bit for all, all those things. Well, Who knows? You know. <laughs> but it seems like he, he cares and he wants to be involved with this franchise. So that's like yeah. an important thing, fans. Like, you know, like the guy wants to be there. So, yeah, that should tell and, you and, something. And, and, and he, he brought up in that interview, too, like how it was important to him to make that Lego Batman movie to kind of have a DC that, you know, some a DC film that was kind of in contrast to what was going on at the time too because remember they're yeah. in those mid-year you know 15 16 17 you know things with dc were a little wonky and yeah. he got that lego batman movie out there and that was a surefire you know everyone everyone yeah, who that saw was a bright spot it, for sure yeah yeah 
So the fact that like that was a priority to him and that he cares about these characters and he considers it the, oh, if only I could have stayed on and run the DC franchise, not just produce that movie, but run it. Uh, he's been kicking himself for 14 years. It's music to my ears to hear that, uh, you know, he's got the job now or he's about to get the job and he's going to get a chance to implement some of what he had in mind there. Um, but he's going to want to, he's going to have to love this job. He's going to have to yeah. come to work with a, a lot of pep in his step and a lot of motivation because he's inheriting a bit of a mess. You know, I yeah. kind of want to just, you know, it's, it's such a unique thing where you, here's a new ownership coming in saying they want new creatives, a new 10 year plan, a new this. And yet it's going to be built on the bones of everything they've been trying to get away from the last few years. You know what I mean? Like there's still remnants of things. You know, the Flash is going to have the Ezra Miller Flash and the Ben Affleck Batman. And Aquaman is with an Aquaman that we met in Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. And if we ever get a Wonder Woman 4, you know, it's connected to that. Well, we're getting a Wonder Woman 3. We know that. I mean, that's what and I mean. Wonder Woman 3, yeah. but it's like it ways off. We know that's happening. So, like, yeah. and that's the Wonder Woman that we've already met already, too. So, yeah, like yeah. All, like you said, like, all the actors and the characters that we've, like, already been introduced to are still in play. Yeah. And I don't know if, like, we have these for later topics, but, like, yeah. We might have to jump in a little bit too. That like all the stuff now with Ben Affleck filming some extra scenes with all yeah. the you know the shuffling going on, and we can dig into it deeper and yeah. what's going on with Keaton. Yeah, it certainly that kind of gives us some some insight into yeah. Is it a soft yeah, that, or a hard? There's reboot? a lot of there's a lot of stuff at play here, and yet like you have a combination of like new energy coming in, right? Because in a few months, Black Adam's going to come in. And, mm -hmm. you know, Dwayne Johnson's been adamant that the hierarchy, our hierarchy of power at DC is going to change forever. Right. <laughs> so we've got Black Adam coming in with this, you know, big energy and uh, trying to kind of like pay a new road and show a new future for what DC on film could look and feel like. Right. He's introducing a justice society. Mm -hmm. He's you know trying to lay the groundwork for an eventual throw down with superman and even though he keeps putting it off there's gonna be some kind of shazam thing at some point you can't do black adam without yeah. shazam so you know he's got this thing where he's going in a you know he's trying to give us a whole new bright future right but then coming after that movie comes out you know you have shazam which is probably going to have a lot more of that new energy too because it's coming from the same general nucleus as black adam is from the seven production company and dwayne johnson but now after those two kind of pave a road for what dc in the future could be after that comes the flash and then after that now comes aquaman 2 because by the way everything's been delayed I just want to throw that in there that Shazam was going to be coming out this Christmas and that got moved to March 17th. And what was going to be coming out on March 17th was Aquaman 2, which is now going to Christmas of 2023. So, uh, yeah, everything's getting shuffled around. And, uh, you know, listen, it, there are the, the strategic elements at play, right? Uh, March 17th was a great 
release period for the Batman earlier this year. And, you know, and yeah. a few years back, it's also like when Deadpool did great. And it's all when Batman yeah. versus Superman came out. You know, that February-March zone is starting to look, you know, it, it's been good for Warner Brothers. It's been good for genre films in the last bunch of years. And specifically with the Batman this past March, they probably think Shazam could land in that Batman lane. And then yeah. for Aquaman, it makes sense. Aquaman made, was the first DC movie in since The Dark Knight Rises to crack a billion it did during Christmas of 2018. So I get moving back to its Christmas slot, but like five years after the first and after the DC continuity has been totally kind of like rejiggered after the flash, you know, it's right. just, it's gotta be a lot of weird continuity stuff that's going to come up when they're editing these movies. Cause like what, if any synergy is there then, you know, it, it's, it's like it, it comes like even the whole Black Adam thing, because Black Adam purports to, you know, it's going to change the hierarchy is going to be all this new thing, blah, blah, blah. But then the Flash comes out and resets things and it comes out after right. Black Adam and Shazam. So is it going to like reset the Black Adam universe too? you know what I mean? Like it's it, yeah. listen, there's a lot of stuff we don't quite get yet. But like the point is Lynn is walking into a situation where you have a DC franchise comprised of future stars, past stars in need of new energy and a new glow, and Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga doing a Joker movie that has nothing to do with anything, and Matt Reeves, which we're going to get into a little bit later, having his own standalone Batman universe. Like, there's so many different balls in the air from different yeah. continuities and different canons. And we're coming from like the multiverse frame of mind that Jim Lee and Walter Hamada and the previous hierarchy, the, the, the previous ownership was big on. What is Dan Lin going to want to do with all this? You know, what do you, how do you make sense of all this? And I'm sure like the inclination with new owners and new vision is to come in and just say, screw it. Let's just start from scratch. Let's let right. black Adam be the start of something new. You know what I mean? Or whatever, you know, with their almost $300 million, the flash movie that they have to release, they can't have a clean break, you know? So yeah. it's just, you know, Mr. Lynn has his work cut out for him. And in terms of like, I think the biggest indication of whether or not they're going to want to do a soft or a hard reboot is what happens with the Flash movie. If they stick to it and they release that next June, then that means that they're fully cool with just kind of like soft rebooting, keeping what worked and, you know, tossing out what didn't. If right. that Flash movie does actually get nuked like Batgirl or other things, then... I think the new ownership is going to treat Black Adam almost as the start of like a whole new, you know, thing. But again, how can you do that? You have Aquaman 2 coming out. Yeah, I, I don't know. know. Again, I... this is like tricky, tricky stuff. Um, and since we're in this zone about like the continuities and stuff, you know. So with Black Adam and the DCEU, 
I ain't buying. I never bought that Dwayne Johnson was trying to link to that world. Even in like, I remember when like the announced Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and the slate of films that were set to come out in the next three or four years. There was an interview with him, and they were like, you know, so where does Black Adam fit into all this? And he was right. very like, I remember eh. this. We'll see. Yeah. You know, Black Adam is its own thing, and it's still a ways off. And let's not go there, right? You know, and it's like that's not what you do when you're excited about what's going on. You know what I mean? If he was right. hyped about what DC was doing, he'd be like, "Oh, I can't wait to throw it up." You know, throw right. fists with the Justice League and get involved in what Zack Snyder's doing. <laughs> he's he like, "I'm hyped about like, my movie." <laughs> he's like, "My movie's gonna be great." Let's. I'm hyped about that. that. I don't know what the hell is going on over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that's why, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like I think that's been one of the things about like he probably would love to have Henry do it. But then at the same time, he doesn't like the idea that Henry Superman has saddled with so much baggage from the last few years of the way everything has gone with him. So I feel like, you know, he seems to be pushing for a clean break. If there's the John Williams theme and it's a headless Superman, it's once again his way of being like, I don't want anything to do with like right. the Snyderverse stuff, you know? And, yeah. but, but then, oh man, <laughs> because I, I, there's so much weird continuity stuff that we just touched on. Cause I just looked at the next topic here that I lined up, which is about Batfleck. Because Jason Momoa, okay, a few weeks back, he posted a picture. Remember, we talked about it here That's on the right, show. Yeah. He posted a picture with Ben Affleck revealing that, you know, he had shot a cameo and that Bruce Wayne is back and yada, yada, yada. But after that, in more recent times, he was asked about, you know, DC related stuff and Batman stuff on a red carpet. And he kind of did this thing where he was like, he was trying to like stop himself as if like he does, he like, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. And then he right. just kind of blurted out like, ah, screw it. Ben's back. Ben's back. And that's right. it. And then he kind of like, you know, and then that that's where they left it. And it's like, okay. So he can't be referring to that cameo because he already revealed that cameo on his Instagram to millions right. of followers. So that wouldn't be a scoop. You know what I mean? Him revealing now, now saying more just broadly and as if this is like the cat's out of the bag that Ben is back. This makes me think Ben might actually be back, which yeah, is right. crazy <laughs> to think how these last few years with like the roller coaster ride of Ben Affleck's will he or won't he like Warner Brothers launched a whole new Batman trilogy here and yet he might be back. This might mean that that whole plan to have Michael Keaton's Batman be the one who like takes over. Uh, maybe they just they said, screw it. And Ben changed his mind about being Batman again, just like he changed his mind about whether or not he wanted to marry Jennifer Lopez, because he went and did that after saying <laughs> no a bunch of years ago. Jayla was now, like, go get me that bat money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like maybe He's like you, you better know, go get that bat money. <laughs> Listen, he might have had a change of heart. You know, the guy, he's looking great. He's got his his mental health seems to be in a good place. He looks 10 years younger with the shape he's in. Freshly married. The world's his oyster again. Maybe he thinks, listen, if they have a well-run franchise run by competent people, 
Yeah, I could make his. I I, I could make a few more Batman appearances. Maybe yeah. not like do his trilogy, but as a as that veteran Batman figure that we once thought he would be, maybe he will. You know what I mean? Because he did the favor for Zack Snyder's Justice League coming right. back. Now he's doing it again for Aquaman. And Jason Momoa over here is just saying Ben is back, period. Ben is back. So it's got me thinking that maybe the whole Michael Keaton thing in The Flash may just end up being something like what happened with Tobey Maguire in No Way Home, where it was right. just an elongated, really cool cameo giving the fans an extra chance to see this beloved hero and this beloved role, but it's not meant to last, you know, and yeah, with like that girl getting the ax, which would have been his next thing. And with Aquaman two now using the Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne, instead of the Keaton, Bruce Wayne. Um, I don't know. The writing's on the wall that this Keaton thing may just end up being a one and done with the flash. Yeah, and all the shuffling has just been like really bizarre. Like, like you know, now, yeah, now, wasn't Aquaman before the Flash, but now it's after the and Flash now again. It's after the Flash, and like, and like now we have Ben coming back supposedly to replace the cameo from Keaton. But also, like, even though Aquaman is coming out after the Flash, that doesn't mean that Aquaman that film can't be set before the events yeah. of the Flash either. That like, won't be. We don't even know the setting, and even like yeah. Black Adam is that. Do we know is that set modern day or that's like in the no, past? So Black Adam bit. is going to start in like ancient Egypt, yeah, and then eventually go into the 1950s. Right, so yeah, that's not even modern day. So I guess they can kind of like fudge that a little bit because it's a different time yeah. zone, a time period, yeah, and just like it doesn't have to cross with this. It's it's very and then they get like who knows is Keaton just cameoing in the Flash now? Um, was Ben Affleck's Batman gonna die in the Flash and now he's not? So that's why he is appearing in Aquaman. It's like. There's just so many, so many questions. Um, yeah. Even just to kind of go back to one thing I wanted to add, you said the John Williams score is going to play with this apparent Superman, had the Superman cameo. Yeah. But is he also going to be in the Man of Steel suit? Because then that's even more confusing. <laughs> we didn't even mention that. Because yeah. the John Williams thing would, would screen, like you said, would say, okay, we're, we're kind of separating from the Snyder thing. But if he's yeah. in the fucking Man of Steel suit, then no, it's yeah. not. So, like, it is very, it's very. And bizarre. then meanwhile, when the Flash comes out, the Supergirl in that has an S. That's the, it's the Man of Steel suit. You know, the, the Sasha right, Kale's Supergirl and texture, is clearly I guess, right? designed, uh, it's a riff on the Henry Cavill suit. So, right. yeah, I'm telling you, Dan Lin has a very, uh, busy uh few weeks and months and years ahead of him here trying to figure out how to make all this make sense and make it yeah. all fly with mass audiences when really the easier easiest thing to do would be like we're just going to reboot entirely but you can't do that with all these films in the pipeline it's almost like it, it's the on steroids version of what happened with like Zack Snyder, like in, in the early part of the DCEU, where like they decided at a certain point, we don't really want to continue on this path. But the train had already left the station. So many movies were right. already like in filming or in pre-production or in post-production that they couldn't just stop. And then even when they did finally kind of like pull the plug on where they were going with everything. They still couldn't really reset because Aquaman was still it was completely shot and they weren't going to scrap it like Batgirl. You know, it was right. a different hierarchy of power. So it's like, oh, man, the, 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 the fact that they've never been able to just hit pause, right. let, the, let the current thing just kind of like be over with and reboot in earnest 
is kind of crazy. This has been like the weirdest like reboot in motion. We're retooling it as like in front of you as it unfolds. We're fixing it as we go. You know? Yeah. Also, like Dan Lin, like you have to wonder, like he's just like coming in now. I mean, this is, is this like official official? Like well, that it's, he's in? according to the Hollywood Reporter, they just they're, they're finalizing the details. Yeah, it's, it's all about like, imminent. Yeah. So like, you have to wonder, like, obviously there, I'm sure there have been talks for like a little while, but like these recent, recent changes, like this shuffle of the dates, yeah. like the extra Ben Affleck, like, was that made with, did Dan Lin say coming in, like, listen, get this stuff set up for me as I come in, because that's yeah. what, this is what my plan is moving forward. Or if they did, they just do that. And now he has to walk in and he's like, oh, you changed all this shit again in the 11th hour before I started. And now, yeah. I, now like, I wonder like how if any of this is a, is a reaction or stuff that is already the initial part of his plan, yeah. or if this yeah, is yeah, also yeah. just done in some weird fucking vacuum and now he has to come in and like, it just got more complicated. I, yep. I just, I'm very curious about like how this all timed out and lined up. And it'd be funny too. Like if he, uh, you know, if he steps in and decides, well, the, the, the Ben Affleck cameo no longer makes sense because this movie comes out after the flash where we've kind of written Ben Affleck out of everything. And we've set up Keaton as the new veteran Batman. So now we're going to put that one back in and the test. Hey, maybe audience- they just have like 40 options and they're like, this, <laughs> we shot all these extra options for you. So figure out which one you want to use to like, get us back on track. They have one that's maybe like that's with a CG is. Adam West, Batman. They have yeah. one with like the animated Kevin Conroy yeah. block Batman. And you know, they yeah. have just every variation. Uh, because we we ex- we exhumed the Christopher Reeve. <laughs> oh God! Okay, come on, That's come on, too talking. soon, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> For me, it'll always be too soon. <sighs> What's the opposite of Christopher Reeves? Um, <laughs> Christopher Leaves. I don't know. Christopher Matt Walken. Reeves. Christopher oh. Walken. All right. Anyway, That's, listen, that you, that you, was you worse than me exhuming his dead body. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> listen, Mr. Metacontextual. Yeah, um, you're metacontextual. Well, listen, so anyway, going back to Mr. Dan Lin, before we just move on, uh, if this goes forward, uh, welcome aboard. Good luck steering this ship. Uh, you have deep. a lot of fans who've been waiting anxiously for somebody with a clue to come in there and help make a coherent plan that they could then find success with and stick to and expand from uh, because, you know, Warner brothers has only owned DC for over 50 years already. So I think it's finally time somebody gets their affairs in order over there with DC. If um, I could give one piece of advice to Dan Lynn, it would be that it's not who you are underneath, but what you do that defines you. <laughs> so oh boy. Take that to heart, sir. When you're, yes, when you're course correcting and getting this plan, this 10 year plan in place. Yeah. Although, and it's funny since you go, you, know, you just quoted the dark Knight trilogy. It's uh, it seems like, you know, even the first time around he was entering the situation where Batman is kind of off limits because an auteur is making a, a, a trilogy about him, right? You know, he was going to make that George right. Miller justice league movie while Christopher Nolan was like, you ain't touching Christian Bale and you're not yes. coming anywhere near my Batman story. That's essentially where Matt Reeves is at. Right. So Dan yeah. Lynn once again is like, all right, I guess I'll work around having a proper Batman I could use. And I have to 
launch a secondary one or maybe he'll use ben affleck oh, anyway i can't go down that rabbit hole again <laughs> there's just too many options not worth look, it. It's not worth with it. all the axes dropping in recent weeks over at warner brothers and series at hbo max getting cut and batgirl getting canceled and you know i'm starting to have my I don't know. I hope that Blue Beetle movie works out. I do. Yeah. Uh, with all the different things getting canceled, you know, people were wondering. There were even rumors about Matt Reeves' future with Warner Brothers and if his The Batman was safe. Well, this week we found out because, uh, yes, Matt Reeves has just signed a lucrative deal with Warner Buzz with Warner Brothers Discovery, which makes it seem like they're like doubling and tripling down on the guy. Okay. The yeah. Batman two is officially good to come as well as those two shows that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Remember we were kind of like nervous with all the different cancellations yes. and the change in vision for what we think DC is going to be, you know, would he still get to expand his little bat verse since it's in a vacuum and it doesn't connect to peacemaker or the other stuff. But according to deadline in an exclusive report, that Arkham Asylum show and the Penguin Origin show with Colin Farrell are still a go. I say not Penguin Origin, but they have that Penguin show right. is still a go. So Matt Reeves is here to stay. The sequel is coming. They're they're paying him really well. And on top of that, I think it's also like a first look deal. So I think even yeah, like non-Batman yeah. stuff, any brilliant ideas this guy has, Warner Brothers gets the first dibs at producing it. So. Uh, for anyone thinking, oh, Matt Reeves' days are numbered, David Zaslav's coming for him, and he's going to restore the Snyderverse or some sort of thing, whatever you've been fed on Twitter. I've seen some crazy threads yeah. with people claiming crazy scoops. I know. Like, Bro, that's not a scoop. That's a fever dream. But anyway, yeah. uh, you know, uh, for the, despite all those rumors and concerns, uh, Matt Reeves is very much back and fine and doubled and tripled down upon as a, a, a very important visionary voice over at Warner Brothers Discovery. So for anyone worried about Battenson or any of that stuff, don't worry. We yeah. are all good. We One thing that good. is not all good over at uh, HBO Max, at least, is that animated Caped Crusader show that J.J. Abrams is one of the producers on, that Bruce Tim is linked to, that Matt Reeves himself is linked to, that we've talked about, that we've always kind of felt like, you know, this show could be the companion piece to the Battenson movies in a way, yeah. in much the way that the one from the uh, Batman, the animated series kind of worked, even though it wasn't a direct adaptation there you know, with the theme song and some of the feel of it, it definitely yeah the art existed. deco look and yeah. style of it was it existed very, um... in the shadows of the Tim Burton Batman sure so this Caped Crusader animated series had a lot of people excited and listen something that people need to understand is because some of the headlines make it sound like doom and gloom as if the series itself has been cut but that's not the case right what Warner Brothers Discovery has done with this Caped Crusader animated series is decided that rather than just make it an automatic HBO Max exclusive, they're deciding we're going to shop it. We're going to sell it to other networks and we're going to see right. who's going to be the highest bidder, who's going to want this prestigious, exciting Batman animated series with this pedigree of great producers and writers. And honestly, I think it's a smart move because... 
if you're coming in and you're looking at the shows on HBO Max, you, you got to be thinking about shows that are going to make people subscribe to your streamer just to watch them. Right. And the Cape Crusader animated series, you know, I don't think that's a that's a a selling point where people are now deciding they're going to get a streamer for that. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the, so the, they see more of a value in having another network pay them millions and millions of dollars to be the ones to air it. And then I'm sure they'll get the reruns and that'll be eventually where it ends up like all the other animated. DC right. Stuff. But in terms of like first run. It'll maybe end up on Cartoon Network or anywhere else. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. I think it makes business sense. If the series doesn't look like it's going to drive your subscription numbers up, then let's see what we can get for it on the free market. You know, I, I totally, yeah. totally get that. I, I, I'll um, tell you what, I, uh, I I hate the uh, the cowl and, and the ears oh, um, yeah. for this. And I know, like, before you all go, well, that's how he originally looked in the comics. His ears were more rounded. Yeah, I know, and it fucking sucks, okay? <laughs> so I fucking hate the ears, and because of that, I'm not going to watch it. Tell us how you really feel. Fix right. the ears. No, nah, I'll probably yeah. check it out, but I'm going to be mad about the ears, and I'm never going to stop complaining about it. So Good. just be prepared well, for that. That sounds like a But I wish it success because I'm, I'm Bruce Tim being involved and Matt Reeves and – uh Paul Dini's not, is he? Did they ever mention his name? Is no, he I haven't seen right? I don't think he is. Connected to um, this. But yeah, I, I think obviously super amount of potential. But like you said, I agree with you. Like, I don't know that that's a – like people who have the subscription or that are big super nerdy fans like us, we're totally going to fucking watch it on HBO yeah. Max if it's on there. But I don't know that that's getting new subscribers on there. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Like it's one of those things that's there to help keep current subscribers, I'm sure. But yeah. it's not making anyone go, oh, that's – I got to – spend ten dollars a month now just to get yeah, well they can listen they can make it and they, they listen they're trying to cut costs they're trying to save money so yeah. they can still make it and produce it but then by selling it and then you know getting maybe rerun and like all that stuff like they probably can make it a much more lucrative project than like yeah like if we just aired it on the streamer where there's no ads and they're just kind of like going off like that that subscriber number base and whatever like income yeah. they make from that which i'm sure is no small penny but yeah. you know uh yeah this way they sell it out they get money and um it probably like definitely offsets the cost a lot more than if they just put it on their own streamer and then that there's more money for matt reeves to play with when he makes uh you know the, the batman too <laughs> there you go there you go that's how it works guys Move that's how make it, it works. one. <laughs> you heard it here you heard it here first <laughs> so look before we just totally get away from you know, the other these shakeups at dc and what's yeah. going to be happening in the future i just want to bring it all back to our guy superman because i feel like if this happens, if this moves forward and Dan Lin gets the job and it's all in tandem with David Zaslav's 10-year plan and the team he's putting together to come up with that 10-year plan, you know, I think this, this is all going to be looked back on as a turning point here for those of us who've been waiting to see what's going to happen with Superman on film. You know, because with these last few years with all the different leadership, the different bosses who've come in with the different attempts at this or that, now it looks like we're actually charting a course for something and we could be, you know, within the next year or two on the on ramp for a new Superman movie. Uh, because listen, I don't know. I noticed that Devoy nowhere included in any of these articles is anyone talking about that Ta-Nehisi code Superman reboot that JJ right. Abrams is going to you know, uh, produce, you know, it just seems like, I don't know what's going on with that, but 
I get a sense that once Dan Lin is installed and doing his thing, you know, we're going to figure out pretty soon what Warner Brothers Discovery wants to do with Superman. Yeah. So we, we should mention too, if I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah. there was like another project or two that was not like Superman related that was uh, being um, produced or, or made for HBO Max. There was like some sci fi series and something else. Uh, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think those were axed as well in the midst of all this stuff so just interesting because like jj abrams also they spent a lot of money on him and gave him like a big first look deal i think he has like some big uh, deal with bad robot and warner brothers and apparently a couple of his other things are like not making the cut either so it's like i don't know yeah what's gonna happen i mean listen at this point too we we don't even know it wasn't announced but it was highly rumored after Batgirl got canceled that that supergirl movie might get canceled so uh, we haven't heard anything about that either that's another thing that could still be on the chopping block i I know. know The, the, um, especially it, with been, whatever they decide with Superman, I guess, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's been like no mercy over there. There was also like basically like a massacre of their non-scripted shows. I, I There was That's a right. report last week where all the people in the non-scripted HBO Max community, all the people who were, you know, preparing the next seasons of their non-scripted shows just woke up to the bloodbath at like, almost all the non-scripted stuff has been cut because Warner Brothers yeah. Discovery is like, listen, we have non-scripted on Discovery. We don't really need HBO to be making reality type shows and yeah. whatever. You know? They let so, a, gun, a bunch of people go as well. I think they yeah. let like 60 or 70 people go in like the HBO Max department just yeah. on the streamer. They were just like, goodbye. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's been really, like no mercy the over there yeah. with, the, uh, with, the new, with the new ownership. And you know what else has been like no mercy? How's this for a segue? Uh, We're moving out uh, of DC uh, and into video games because this week uh, Gamescom happened. And uh, listen, I'm a big wrestling fan. I may eventually be able to continue my The Wrestling Fanboy spinoff of this show. Right. I, I got several episodes in and then Life knocked me on my ass, but maybe with the return to form here in September, I'll be able to continue that show. Because boy, is there a lot to talk about over there with recent shakeups at WWE and AEW, but we're not doing that today. What we're doing today is talking about AEW fight forever. Because, uh, Brett, correct me if I'm wrong, even though you're not the, uh, the biggest wrestling fan, you do uh, wax nostalgic and have warm feelings for the N64 era wrestling games like WWF No Mercy. Am I right? Yeah, WCW versus NWO. Uh, WCW versus NWO uh, Revenge. Revenge. Yeah. Then there was WrestleMania 2000, WrestleMania No Mercy. Uh, you know um, it all. Yeah, I know all of them. I I I loved like they had a great simplicity, but they were like just very fun and. Uh, you know, they gave you gave you everything you wanted. They had like the yeah. intros, they had weapons, they had all the crazy matches, hell in a cell, table, and it was just like you know, it was like you, you soft punch, a hard punch, and then yeah. like soft grapple, large grapple, and then you just did a direction and a button, and you could do all these cool moves. And there was like a strategy to it, like yeah. getting your spirit up when you can launch your special. And uh, those games just got better and better. And then all of a sudden, like the you know the attitude error came out, and I think Acclaim got the rights to the wrestling yeah. games, if not mistaken. So you had WWF Attitude. That game came out, and then they yeah, they started messing with the controls, and like it got more janky and. And they tried to make it yeah, more real, but it just, came yeah. in with the Raw versus SmackDown series, and then the two yeah. K thing happened. And listen, you know, I I own a lot of those WWE games, but yeah, they they be, they've become a lot more complicated and a lot more of like sports simulation style, which is fine. Yeah. But AEW Fight Forever 
is uh, it's going to be like this arcade style pick up yes. and play easy. You know, it's one of those things where like just like the with No Mercy, where like, yes, you can learn the basic controls in 30 seconds and do all right for yourself. But the more you do it and you get better with the timing and you can become like a master, almost like Smash Brothers, too. Right. Where it's like, yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. You can play Smash easy Brothers. to play, but like tough to master, you know, like, exactly. And you can really so, like get into the depth of it. It's fun. Yeah. And Kenny Omega has been over. He's a he's there one of their top wrestlers over there at AEW. I don't know how connected you are to that, but he's also a hardcore yeah, gamer, and he's been like spearheading this project for the last two years. And Tony Khan is said to have invested like twenty million dollars into this game or something like that. And uh, yeah, there's been all kinds of expectations. We've seen very little until this week when there was a nice ten minute glimpse of like a full match between Kenny Omega and Adam Cole, as well as some other clips. And we got finally got to see the wrestlers in action, what the combat's going to look and feel like. And Brett, the little stamina bar in the bottom is right out <laughs> yes. of No Mercy and all that yep. stuff. And it really looks like the modern expansion of those games, you know, the, the, the new version of that. And... Um, I can't wait. Like it's going to have the online components. It, I'm like to be able to play a game that's in that style, but like with my friends online and create yeah. other wrestlers along the way. Like that to me sounds like. Yeah, we get all the quality of life improvements of 2022, 2023, yeah. whenever this game but comes with out. With an addictive wrestling game like yeah. that. Um, and then on top of that too, like it doesn't just look like it. You know, it, it, it's going to be developed or released by. Uh, Ukes, yeah, which is like who... they were the original developers of WCW and NWO. THQ yeah. published those games, but yeah. Ukes was the actual developer, and um, yeah, they they were also the developer. If I'm not mistaken, they were on not the most recent one, but most of the previous uh 2K yeah, WWE they were. games. They were. But then there was like apparently they were developing a separate game. There's a little interesting story. They were developing another game, wrestling game, on the side um, from. Uh, the WWE games and apparently WWE got angry and like fired them off of it. What? And another studio had to take over the new 2K, um, the new two, the 2K series. So yeah. if I'm not mistaken, they skipped a year last year. And cause also like two years ago, it was just like a, a disaster. Like you, it's like, it wasn't even their fault. Like it was just like an engine that just yeah, they the kept using year 20. after year. They had to pump it out. They didn't have enough time. They couldn't make the upgrades and like really. And then eventually I think 2K20 was like a disaster. So I, if I'm not mistaken, they took 2K21. Uh, yeah. They just didn't even make one. Yep. And they had a new developer. And now Ukes has been working on this AEW game. Um, yep. So yeah, I mean, if it really can capture, if it, if it feels and plays good, um, you know, you know, it, it'll be good because I mean, I, just from the look right now, I know it's probably still got some more polishing to do. It's a little janky looking. It doesn't quite look like a PS5 or an Xbox Series XS <laughs> game. Yeah. Listen, they're not going to have the budget that 2K gives for the thing. Not, not yeah. at least right away. If this one's successful, you can bet they'll they'll probably be able to beef it up. But mm -hmm. as long as it feels good, I can deal with like the models looking a little not completely up to par. If it play gameplay yeah. is king. You know, so yep. if they can capture that and they have like just like enough modes and things to keep you engaged and, you know, hopefully they have like a plan for like updates, either adding new characters, new, yeah. new, new rings, you know, that's going to be the thing is just from, from a gamer perspective, that's been the biggest uh, trouble 
um, with games as of late is like a lot of these multi these games come out not even multiplayer games but like sports games and they're just releasing like very thin with like not a lot of modes like you know it's just yeah. like you know even like um the most recent Mario sports games which I love I used to love Mario Golf Mario Tennis um I picked up tennis and golf this year and like. I don't feel as drawn to keep playing them as I used to with the old ones. Like they came, they came very feature light mm, and the yeah. updates they've had have just been kind of few and far between that really keep me engaged. So as long as it can launch, listen, man, I, I played um not too long ago. I went to a, a friend's bachelor party in March earlier this year and he had like, you know, one of those systems that just has like every old game on it, like from oh, NES okay, through yeah. like, and like PlayStation one or something like that. And we actually ended up playing um, no mercy. <laughs> and that man that has that honestly like for a game it had tag team match hell in a cell ladder match uh i think there was like tables ladders chairs also yeah. they had the the um where's the one where you have to grab the suitcase money in the money bag in the what's bank. it called yeah money in the bank, money in the bank. they had money in the bag <laughs> money in the bag uh they, they had they had like a lot of like different things you could do yeah. it was really cool and you could customize all the modes take dot this qualification or the or the ring count off you could take submissions yeah. off tko's like that's it needs to have that it can't just come out with like okay we have exhibition and and, and royal yeah, rumble yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it, it well it's they all. promised a lot of modes and they've even promised like so the, all kinds of match types all kinds of you because the aew is kind of known for having some crazy match types also even just on oh, that's, the show. that's cool though then if so they're gonna, gonna have all kinds of load. match types and they're even gonna have like mini games that aren't necessarily wrestling related stuff where you can i saw a couple like, of those today yeah <laughs> and it's mini games so it it's kind like of home run derby like, things and like all this other yes. weird stuff. So. It reminds you of when when uh, on the Mario uh, on the on the DS when they started re-releasing old Mario games, but they would yes. be like a separate section for like yep. you could like draw and he's bouncing on trampolines or these other little yes. mini games that aren't part of that. So yeah, so there's going to be like little party style mini games you could do with the wrestlers too. So that could add a little extra value too as just a sure. party multiplayer game, you know. So all in all, I was really glad with what I I was happy with what I saw. They have also they've announced a release date because that's always been the big thing for us AEW fans. I've been yes. waiting for this freaking release date. They're saying it's like February 10th, 2023. All right. So we're gonna have a little mm. bit of a wait still, but it's coming. And now we apparently know when it's coming. So um and also coming out of Gamescom, the other game that caught my attention that was on my radar, there was a story trailer released for that Harry Potter uh, Hogwarts Legacy game that's coming out. Did you get a chance to see that? I did check that out. Yeah. So this game has definitely been on my radar since they announced it. I mean, there was like a leak like a, two years ago or something like that. And they finally made the announcement, I think, uh, I don't know, within the last year or maybe like this past summer. They had was like a, a, the first big, real good reveal at it. I mean, it looks great um you know jk rowling and all of her bullshit aside it looks awesome <laughs> it's not really connected with her um and uh yeah the story trailer was cool today just gave a little insight to like what you're going to be dealing with there was also another trailer that came out and i saw like clips of it but they kind of outlined some um interactions and this story trailer was focused on this too but if you are in the house slytherin they, you can interact with dark magic and i mm. believe there will be some also uh some gameplay um 
changes that happen. Like if you invest too much in it or use it too much, it could actually hurt you or harm you or do things to you in the game. So it's really cool. It might be like a, I bet you probably get really powerful spells, but yeah. it might corrupt you in some way or like maybe keep you from doing other things. So I'm really excited. Uh, what Like the work they've done on like the actual, like a uh, Hogwarts itself and like yeah. all the little, the moving pink things and all the just weird, like that's such a fantastical, you know, um, place and iconic place like from the yeah. movies and all you gotta do it right way though it's like a living breathing castle and it looks like they really got that part down so it, it looks yeah. really cool i'm not like a by any means like i've seen all the movies i haven't read the books i'm not like a diehard harry potter fan yeah. but um no it's just like a game like this where like you're mainly like using like magic and stuff and uh that's that's a very cool world yeah. that was built uh so yeah I'm, I'm pretty pumped for this game it's it's looking pretty yeah. pretty groovy and look, Nissi, I am a Potter file. And we did I get a delay, it. by the way, too. It was supposed to come out, I think, yeah. like this year, and they pushed it. I think that's also coming out like February 10th or something now. It got pushed right to February there. next year. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, so, yeah, you yeah, are a I big am Potter, a Potter file. I read all seven books. I was I read them as they came out. I was one of the people who had to like get it, you know, when it came out. Wow. And I yeah. saw all eight movies and I got my kids into it. And my daughter has a hogwarts like rug on her floor that my cousin actually made her by hand because he's very artistic and awesome like that oh wow. but uh but yeah so my my daughter's big on it and as soon as they announced this hogwarts legacy thing i want to say like a year and a half ago now whatever the yeah, it might be, yeah. teaser was like we all sat around the tv and watched it on youtube because i knew my kids would be into it and they were like this looks so cool you know the whole idea of you could pick being good and bad and it's like open world so you get to just kind of like explore hogwarts and do all the cool harry potter yeah. stuff but you get to do it your way you don't got to follow this one linear you know path or you got to just you know follow all the beats of this book that's one of the things i love about the the story trailer where it was like it says something about like live the unwritten because it's like you know you're going off into like uncharted territories this is not based on a book or a movie you get to do like you, you get to live your own hogwarts adventure well, it's also funny because when I read that quote, when they were like, live the unwritten, I was like, I feel like they're saying that because they want to be like, this is not any of the stuff that J.K. Rowling did. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not like, any of the shit that she wrote. I, was like, Damn, I read that and I was like, like they want to they keep the fuck away from that. <laughs> like, forget who wrote this. That, that's really what they wanted to say. Like, how could we convey, yeah. forget who wrote this? And somebody yeah. in the room was like, live the unwritten. Yeah. And they got a bonus, but yes. Yeah, so anyway, it looks, uh, it looks like a lot of, it, it, okay. It looks, it sounds like a lot of fun. I should say yeah. now having watched the story trailer and, and gotten more of a look at what, you know, what kind of game we have in store for us here. To me, it looks exquisite. The voice acting is top tier. The graphics look phenomenal. And it really looks like they're giving us like a deluxe gaming experience here set in that magical wizarding world. It doesn't look yeah. like a cheap cash in and it, you know, it, it doesn't seem like derivative or silly. It looks like, Oh, this is a, a new expansion of this world. And now I get to go enjoy it my way. So yeah, the, I'm the world's really, going to do a lot for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just the setting and being able to yeah. explore it in that level of detail and all the interconnected areas like that, that is what's cool. So like, as long as they can just deliver like some gameplay and it's not a big buggy mess, which I'm sure is that's why yeah. they deleted it. They're probably like, yo, we got to, there's a lot of bugs here. There's a lot going on. We got to make sure this yeah. thing's polished. Doesn't release looking like crap. Um, yep. I, I think it, 
they probably don't even have to necessarily work that hard on the gameplay. Just make sure it could even be like it could feel like a million other games out there as long as it's solid because the world is going to do like 75% of the lifting for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's funny you mentioned that. There's this thing that it's going to sound unrelated, but I, I promise you it connects. Um, there's this thing Jerry Seinfeld said many, many years ago when breaking down what makes a, a successful TV show or a successful movie, which is a lot of times it's about the place. And what he meant by that is there's like a show where, you know, like with, with any show in general, it's about making the audience feel like I like that place. I want to be there. It's not necessarily yeah. about what the storyline is or what's going on. I just, I like being in this place mentally. So anything that brings me there is cool, you know, and that's why right. like a lot of the best shows you get hooked on it because, you know, it, you, you just, you like the place. Yeah. And everyone loves like, Jerry's apartment. You want to be in Jerry's apartment. Yeah, it looks yeah, like yeah. such a homey place to hang out and they're always yeah. there and it looks so much fun. <laughs> yeah. So for me, like, yeah, I think about that with this, where like, I'm going to want to play it just so I could like be in Hogwarts and explore being in Hogwarts. And the same way, like with Red Dead Redemption, with this right. rich, lush world, like, yeah, there's a million things I could do, but I also just kind of get to ride around and feel like a cowboy in this like painting come to life that looks like real life. You know, right. it's, uh, you know, it just, I love a game that seems like it's going to transport you someplace. It's, it's the same reason I loved right. last year when I finally discovered Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And I'm like, wow, I feel like a pirate. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. I'm on a ship and they're singing legitimate pirate songs. And I'm, yeah. you know, here's John Silver and Blackbeard. You know, I just, any game that it, it gives you that immersive thing where like now I'm in this place that I've always seen on movies or read about or whatever. And now I kind of get to like be in it in a way, you know? Yeah. So that Hogwarts a story trailer totally gave me those vibes where it's like, I'm just going to be wandering around Hogwarts looking for secrets <laughs> for a while. Um, but okay. Sounds great. That sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, that's all I need. I'll just, I'm going to do nothing but Easter eggs. Yeah. But, um, but now to kind of, you know, bring everything back to movies by way of video games, why don't you tell everyone what's gone on with this Bioshock movie, Brett? Yes. Yeah, so a little a little uh, story for y'all. So if you remember, um, a couple years back, maybe more than a couple of years back, uh, Gore Verbinski, so director mm -hmm. of the Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't know if he did every movie, but he did at least like the first two or yeah. something like that. You know, big, big director, yeah. Gore Verbinski. There's a lot oh, yeah. of big projects, okay? So he was attached to create a Bioshock movie, which is a, a pretty, pretty much a, a beloved series. Um, that first game is tremendous, has one of, like, the coolest stories, really, really neat twist, and just one of them, you know, talking about place, one of the most awesome, just cool places. Yep. And if, if you're an eagle-eyed viewer, you will notice my background is the underwater city of Rapture from Bioshock. <laughs> So anyway, Gore Verbinski was attached to this project. And uh, as the story goes, apparently they were like a few weeks from filming. And I forgot what studio was going to produce it, but they looked at the budget and they were like, oh, fuck, no, we can't we can't sign off on this. Oh, <laughs> they were man. like, this is this is insane. Like, but Gore Verbinski knew he was like, well, I need like an art deco 1940s, 1950s looking city that fucking exists underwater. So you can imagine <laughs> the amount of money for sets and CG to make that work. Um, not to mention like just the denizens uh, and the and the costumes alone and the makeup and 
probably special effects if you play yeah, the game. And to do uh, it right, that's an you need to do that. Show. Well, yeah. anyway, <laughs> Netflix, uh, you know, apparently has like an infinite bank account, so they we have actually fifteen dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, now, now it's it's like twenty dollars a month now because I have like four yeah. K. So they charge me like 20. Um, so anyway, uh, this is from Deadline too. So this is like a Deadline exclusive. It's like absolutely official. Um, so we got some momentum on Bioshock. So they have it has a director. So Francis Lawrence, um, who uh, tapped uh, – he not tapped. He was tapped. Uh, but Francis Lawrence directed the um, Hunger Games, uh, I believe Catching Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also returned – He directed. The, he's directing the prequel. That is out yet, or no? It's coming out next year. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So he's involved with that series. Pretty successful franchise, big, big franchise. So obviously he knows how to handle that. Um, and Michael Green is writing the script. Uh, Green, uh, if I have it here, I just had it in front of me. What he wrote. So he worked on Jungle Cruise, Death on the Nile. Um, but he also wrote a, like there was something else that was like a little more higher profile, and I'm not seeing it now. Oh well, we'll never know. Uh, look him up. <laughs> he's done some good stuff. There's no way to ever find out. Okay. He was involved in like two other shows or like movies that like actually were like, I think a little more higher profile than Jungle Cruise and Death on the Nile. But anyway, so we got a writer, we have a director. So that's like a huge thing. Netflix is going to be producing this movie. Um, we don't know at this point if they're going to do like a strict, you know, ad- adaptation, you know, adaptation, yeah. adaption, whatever. Um, or if they're going to change it. I don't know. But uh, if you've never played Bioshock, it is uh, just one of the coolest games. Got one of the coolest vibes. Like I said, it's an it's it's kind of like an alternate history. It takes place in our oh, world. You're preaching to like, the choir to me. Yeah, I love. I played all. Yeah. The, I played one, two, and infinite. Yeah, so they're they're, they're great. Um, and the first one still probably remains uh, the the uh, the best one. Um, but yeah, it's basically like this gentleman Andrew Ryan. He just had this dream of making like a, a city that was like unbound by like religion and red tape and politics, and you know, allowing like science and and discovery and exploration and research to just kind of like roam free and see like how we could advance ourselves and be a better people. So eventually, you know, the way to get out of like all the red tape is like he's like, I'm gonna build an underwater city <laughs> where like you can't govern over yeah, it, and we're gonna no be like self sufficient. Yeah. So. You know, obviously, a little stretch of the imagination. They build in this giant, massive underwater city. But it, again, it's like that beautiful, like if you've ever been to Radio City Music Hall, it's that very Art Deco style that you still yep. see in New York City and stuff like that. But uh, and the music just, is very yeah, the music tremendous and and uh, it turns into. Um, you find out basically the city was was built and then like all the things that he wanted to happen happened. But obviously when you let that stuff run unchecked, something's going to go wrong. And yep. uh, people Lots start of- getting a little too involved with gene splicing and manipulating their bodies and stuff. And it starts driving some people insane. And then eventually there's like a big civil war like outbreak and the city kind of collapses and like all these different, you know, uh, areas start getting like ruled by different people. Basically like there's like little, um, I don't want to call them gangs, but like, uh, uh what do you call it? like little like cults and stuff like built yeah. out and they're like taking over certain sections of the city and uh yeah like the whole thing is that like you, you you're there's some random guy you don't really know who you are yet but you get sent down there there's a mysterious voice talking well, to no, you well no the, the, the first one if i'm not mistaken the first one opens with it's like a plane crash you're floating yeah there's a pl- sea. yeah so your plane has crashed at sea and you're floating around and you you think you're going to die and you find the light realize yeah you yeah. find a lighthouse and then you it brings you down into rapture so right. I feel like that, and that's like the that's like the narrative hook. I feel like you could base a show on that. You know, that your main character is like the fish out of water, 
who doesn't belong here but ends up here and has well, the story is perfect. Yeah, you yeah, do that, and that's like the suspense. Amazing. And then there's a, I mean, not to, sp- I mean, and listen, the game's in 2007, so like, I yeah. mean, come on. But uh, I won't like do crazy spoilers, but like there's like a big twist like in the middle of it uh, related to who the character is and connections. And and it's it's very, very cool. And it even works on like a meta level as like a player playing the game. It kind of does like this really cool thing where it puts a spin on your own agency as a player. And it's really neat. Um, but uh, yeah, just just a tremendous cool game. And it's a very sci fi, very horror Yes, um, uh, that's what I like to it. So I yeah. think like just the tone. So hopefully they, they nailed that because yeah, it blends sci-fi and horror so well. It's very yeah. very cool. So um, I am super excited that this looks like this might actually happen now. So yeah. fingers crossed that uh you know it it actually takes place and and that it's that it's done well and they don't do like some weird shit like they did with like the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah. no just good. Do it right. <laughs> Copy right. the tone of the first movie, the the, yeah. the look and feel and story of the first game. The, the like the look and, and feel and tone of that first game is just it would make for a great movie. And yeah. it was just perfect. It was just perfect. I should mention while we're actually just talking about video game uh ad- adaptions, um, there was finally HBO released like a little trailer of some of their upcoming shows that are coming like next year. Oh, and the last was push? like a small, 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 small. Oh, I missed it. Okay. Of the Last of Us, um, and uh, the, it looks like I'm honestly like literally, it's like five seconds probably. It's like four scenes, and you see Pedro Pascal actually speak, and uh, it looks like uh, that we know for a fact because the creator is actually involved with the show is pretty much going to be like a like faithful uh, adaption of the game. Yeah, like a. One I said they said one, they're going to maybe change yeah. and remix some elements, but for the most part, it's going to be like that story. Wow. So, um, yeah. So like, I'm very curious, like if that, when that comes out next year, if it, if it is received well and, and the people, the powers that be can see like, Hey, if we just fucking adapt the story and find what makes it special in the first place and just adapt that it works. Yeah. Hopefully they, uh, that will be a lesson that the people who have a Bioshock can be like, yeah, we got to stick to, to this and not really shade it. Cause look, they did it the right way and it's a huge success. I really cannot wait for that series just cause yeah. I'm excited for people who have never played the game to experience that story. Um, and I'm curious how it's going to pan out because as amazing as the story is, I still think it's going to work on, on TV, but um, there is like a small little element that you lose because there, again, there's like a, there's a cool thing in that too. That is a narrative thing that also gets super meta contextual. No, kidding. it gets super meta though. And it, it does kind of uh, fuck with you as the player. Um, I think I've documented several times that like after beating the last of us one, I was like fucked up for like a week, <laughs> like <laughs> mentally, like just like rethinking my existence and my life. Cause like, I was like, what did they just do to me? Like they, they somehow <laughs> like pulled me in and involved me in some of the choices that the game made that I didn't realize I was making. And it's not like a fourth wall thing. It just fucking makes you think it's yeah. really cool. So, and Bioshock has that, that moment as well. And, uh, those are yeah, two of my favorite games. So, um, yeah, really excited, man. If we're gonna be eating good, man, uh, we're gonna be eating real good. And uh, I think that about does it here for episode one hundred and sixty-one of the Fanboy Podcast. Me too. Uh, before we wrap up, I just want to remind everyone that we've got the Fanboy Podcast at gmail.com to send in your questions. Uh, I, I, we've got a bunch stored up, ready to go. Thank you, Eugene and company who've been yes. sending in, sending in such good things. 
uh, when we have our first Ask the Fanboys episode of the show ready for you, we'll let you know. And uh, also follow us on over on the Twitter at the Fanboy Show. Subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Subscribe to it on your podcast catchers of choice. And of course, be like RB80 and leave us reviews for us to read here on the air. Yes, please. Share our utmost appreciation for your appreciation for this here show. And uh, all right, Brett, did you have did you have any closing words for every anyone today? Um, you know, the only thing I can think of is that we should maybe maybe be kind. Oh, oh, you want to do that thing? All right. And yeah. how about if we also stay fanboy? We could. I don't is that even I don't think the grammar or the English is proper <laughs> on that at all, but I, I like it. All right, everyone, you heard it here. Be kind and stay fanboy. <laughs> Adios. So long. <laughs>